Hello and welcome to the Chimwag Podcast. I'm your host, Sanglin Smith, and today with me I have Solo Sharif. Hello, hello. And Rogan Hall. Good evening, everybody. Welcome to Chimwagville. How are you doing? Yeah, not too bad, mate. How are you? Yeah, yeah, I'm calm. You good, Solo? Aye, same. You ready to talk about some death? Yeah, I mean, I've watched plenty over the course of the day. I've watched like three James Bond films back to back. So I've I've seen people die yeah. every day, man. <laughs> and unfortunately the yeah. same, but mine's been on the news. <laughs> oh. <laughs> well, I wasn't meant it's a joke. not as many cool car chases on the news. No. <laughs> <laughs> Right, yeah. Um, so today we're going to be debating the top five death scenes in movies, and not to depress anyone, because yeah, I think I think there's some hero deaths on here as well. So it's not all it's not all doom and gloom. Um, but yeah, so today I believe Rogan starting us off. Are you? I am. Thank you very much, Sam. So um, in number five, uh, I have chosen the the. the, the a death that shook everybody who first saw this film. Um, I am legend. Uh, the death of Sam. Uh, the reason Sam's death is is, is so um, just straight up disturbing is because they make Sam into the supporting lead character through the film. Um, he takes you through this story even more so than the lead, uh, Will Smith, because um, Sam almost gives him like a, a day-to-day purpose, a friend, somebody to talk to, somebody to express to. He very much is a character. When um, you then get to a point in the story where the lead character has to sacrifice um, the support in something, as an audience, you be, you come to love, um, like a genuine connection. There's there's no better supporting character than a than an animal when it's done right. Um, but, just I think it just goes to the uh, like an animal's innocent nature, um, and you, you know, Sam defends um, Will Smith through this film, um, and in doing so, gets bit. That just adds to the devastation of this scene. Um, it had nations cry, crying watching this film for the first time, and and that's just a fact. It's very true. It's cool. Very true. Yeah. You got man's best friend. And uh, what's man's best friend going up against, Solo? Man's best friend is going up against man's greatest enemy, and that's machines. And in this case, it's taken the form of Arnold Schwarzenegger in Terminator 2, Judgment Day. Because he he is a character that you really grow to love throughout the film, because he, especially when they he starts to learn to become human through interacting with John, and very much, he, I mean, I guess he takes on a similar role that Sam does. The way that the dog is his best friend, the Terminator becomes John's best friend. And it's a similar kind of heartbreak in, that you experience with a pet's death, because he, he he's less than human mentally, and, but, you, but he loves him regardless. Like, there's a brilliant line that he says, which is his final line, which is... I know now why you cry, but it is something I can never do because he understands how John feels about him. And even though he has that understanding, he can't express it to him, which is quite, I mean, it's, it's, it's quite bittersweet. And it's, it's heartbreaking in itself that 
on John's side, you can't get he he knows it can't be reflected from this person, even though this person has been saving his life, is now sacrificing his life to again to save him. And it's an unrequited love on John's part, which is quite heartbreaking. And that just makes the scene all the more heartbreaking. Yeah. Plus, it's a gangster yeah, film. Watch it. <laughs> I have seen it. <laughs> um, yeah. Oh yeah, that was that was to the audience. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, to be fair, is as someone who actively hates on Terminator, it's probably the one I will 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 say is the better of the lot. That is probably my my favorite yeah. out of out of the Terminator films. Not that like it's a huge competition, but <laughs> no. <Nah, laughs> um, right, so you're gonna hate on the the robot Rogan for a minute, just just a minute. <laughs> for a minute, just a minute, just a minute, and your minute is starting now. Okay, so um, if you're worried about Arnold Schwarzenegger's death in Terminator Two, don't worry, he's in four other films, uh, which which <laughs> you know. Also, the death is nice. Um, you know, it's it's the end of the film. Arnold Schwarzenegger sacrifices himself. It's a nice death. Um, plus, like Sam the dog, he has feelings. Like Terminator is a machine. This is an emotional case. There is a connection between Sam and and his owner. Um, there is, you know, the, there's only a one-sided connection with Terminator, and um, he isn't actually alive. Um, so yeah, the fact you see Arnold plenty of times, um, it's a nice death, um, and, and the, the ro- robot has no feelings anyway. That's my argument. Fair enough. Okay. Fair enough. Whew. That wasn't very nice. So, uh, I've but, sure. It wasn't, but um, I've been sitting on a nuke for this argument this whole way through. You've been sitting... and Rogan's okay. just helped the the passion of Rogan's hatred has actually just helped me even more. So uh, okay. I'm, re- I'm ready for my minute when you are. Uh, your minute's starting now. Okay, first of all, we, you claim that you love this dog and that the, the dog was heartbreaking, but how much did you actually care about the dog that you were calling her he this whole time? The, Sam is short for Samantha, so... Did you really have a strong connection to this dog when you can't remember its actual name and or gender? Second of all, Arnie plays a different character in every single film. I'm specifically talking about Uncle Bob, and it is a tragedy when he dies. And he is alive in his own way. At what point does artificial intelligence become sentient? That was a life that he sacrificed for John and for the future. And Samantha... Unfortunately, she did sacrifice a lot, but it doesn't seem to have had a big impact on you. You can't even remember her name. And I'll just call it the minute there. Your minute's up anyway. Oh. Oh. First of all, like Sam or Samantha is an amazing name. We just want to get that out there. Mm. Um. Oh yeah, I'm not. I'm not hating on Sam. <laughs> yeah, but it was just nice. when, no, when a, Rogan it's... shouted. When Rogan shouted, like, he clearly loves his master, I was like, oh, you just, you just reinforced this. Bob nah, no, you, sco- you scored some points there, Solo. And, all right, yeah. what I'm going to say, from from the get-go, um, 
whenever I hear anyone talk of I Am Legend, like, no one remembers I Am Legend as a film other than the dog dying, really. I, I don't particularly <laughs> remember anything other in the film other than that. I can't remember any other scene, like, off the top of my head. So, you know, that is that, that was a good choice from Rogan, I will admit that. I think Solo's points of saying that the machine near enough gets the even admits that he can't express feelings but he's at the point of feelings is important and i think as much as i hate to say it and because obviously sam's death devastated me a lot more but i am going to give it to terminator and that's only because i feel like on the on the rebuttal yeah, he was just savage. I, I don't know. It was, uh, but I. I felt cruel as I was talking. <laughs> you know, it's. I I do. I would like to point out. I don't think the gender of the dog's important, though. I do think that the dog's death is. It, it was a good it's argument. It's partly irrelevant, but it was just a. It was just a big shot to take against Rogan. That was like you've been calling it he. <laughs> yeah. Now. Yeah, Personal I'm, pronouns, motherfuckers. <laughs> I'm going to give it to Terminator as well because you, you rebuttaled the point of that it's not the same Arnie and Arnie's playing different characters. And I'm guessing this is why you specified Uncle Bob. He's quite yeah. clearly playing the Terminator. Yeah, clear, a Terminator. Clearly a Terminator. the same program. Yeah. It's all good. It's all good. I've I cast, agree with the decision. I've, I've, I've cast my vote, uh, I'm afraid. So, um, yeah. And to be fair, from the get-go, um, I made a I made a prediction. I thought this one was already in the bag for Rogan, but the the argument, <laughs> you, you I, I never thought I'd choose Terminator for this because honestly, like I, I was happy when Terminator died because that was usually like towards the <laughs> towards the end of the film. So <laughs> it meant it was it meant it was over. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. Just for him to come back, as Rogan says. But yeah, yeah. no, our our fifth our fifth pick for top five movie deaths is going to Terminator 2. Uncle cool. Bob. Uncle Bob. Yes. Whew. Right, Solo. Moving swiftly on. <laughs> are, are you going to lead us into number four? Yeah. Um, oh, yeah, I think I will. Um, and so my number four pick is from one of my favourite movies, and that's Watchmen. And it's the opening scene and that's when the comedian is killed because on a technical level the scene is incredible as not only as a fight scene but as a death like in how he it's it's the comedian is still essentially in a physical prime but his attacker that comes in is just one step ahead of him the whole way and he's defeated essentially as soon as he walks through the door but he fights the fight just because you have to. Well, at least he feels compelled to. And as a story point, as the way, like, a good death scene should really impact a story. Like how, I mean, even though I just, like, I, I, I dropped a huge bomb on Samantha, when she dies, it does impact the story a lot, and that is a sign of a good death scene. Similarly with Uncle Bob. And the comedian's death is the catalyst for that entire story. And, 
Yeah, I, I mean, on that point alone, I think it deserves a spot on this list in just pure impact. Okay. So we've got the main plot point of a film, really, in that death. The film doesn't yeah. happen without the death, I guess. Exactly. Mm. Ooh. What you got for that, Rogan? I'm going with the... Um the death in train spotting well not the only death in train spotting but in particular the baby's death um, with it being one of the most horrifying um scenes ever put to film in, in my opinion um as opposed to uh the the beauty and the the stylized um um the approach to to uh, the comedian's death um th th this scene is is gritty it's real um it, 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 it it's it's terrible uh for those who haven't seen it um sorry spoilers but just a brief description of the scene um so um it's it's like a crack house and and they're um, all on heroin um and the baby's crying and crying and crying and once they finally come to um the baby's passed away um to which the the mother then goes and refills her arm uh, the baby then uh, returns in the film a little bit later when when Renton is is coming off heroin, um, crawling on the roof, um, during a withdrawal scene, which which is just horrifying, um, and um, is actually kind of the thing of nightmares. Uh, when I rewatched this film in the cinema, um, it it became very clear to me um, how crazy that actual scene is, and and then how it's harkened back to later on. Um, yeah, it's just it's just a horrifying scene. Um, and really impactful. It it really is. <laughs> it really is yeah. probably one of the most brutal pieces of film, definitely that I've seen. Um, yeah, that's well, what shade you could have thrown it. So I don't really know what you can, but I'm curious to yeah. see. Your minute starts now. I don't know, the, the trouble I'm having with this Minute of Hate is that I don't know a lot about this. I don't know a lot about the film other than its plot, and I don't know a lot about the scene other than as has been described to me. But saying that, I know all the concepts of train spying, I know the cast, but this is the very first I've ever heard of aforementioned Baby. And talking about story impacts and plots that, like, a catalyzing event such as the comedian's death, it feels like it's, it, it's a lot stronger than something that, despite this film being out for years, I'm only hearing about now. And it's, it's, it almost feels, like, irrelevant within its story, other than it's a... It's, I guess it's just more wood on the fire of the shit that they're causing in their life. And your minutes up. Yeah. Right. No, I, I, I see what you're saying. I do see what you're saying. I'll uh, leave my yeah. comments until after Rogan's had his minute. Um, are you ready, Rogan? Yeah. And you're good to go. How would you have an impact on a film that hasn't started yet? Um, and the comedian's death is essentially... Um, it's, it's a beautiful slow-motion fight scene. Um, 
there isn't really an impact. You don't know the character unless you've read the comic book, and then you have to watch the rest of the film for it to unravel. Um, the the whereas the baby's death scene just guts you in the throat halfway through the film. It's the midpoint twist um, to which they then be, start to become sober. Um, talk to somebody who's seen the film, and they'll tell you about the scene. So don't worry about that. Oh, you having that as your minute? Sure. Wow, forty seconds. You did not need long. <laughs> Right. Oh. Yeah. Short arguments on that one. <laughs> short arguments, but but to the point. Bullet points, isn't it? Point. I mean, God knows that was all I had. <laughs> yeah. To be honest, um, yeah, I, this, this decision's pretty, pr- pretty easy anyway. Um, it, it's going to the train spot, and, and like only, well, not only because, but this is this is one scene. There's not a lot of scenes in films that uh, stick with me. Um, but this this scene in particular, and just the whole context of the film, is, is the is the reason I've only watched Train Spotting once. It's great, but it's disturbing beyond belief. Um, the, the Watchman, I think Rogan's point of you don't actually know who he is unless you're a comic book fan before is a great point. And as we as we all know, the length of Watchmen, if you, if you, if you can get to the end, <laughs> has, has um, that been brought up before, Sam? <laughs> I, I think it might have done yeah. once, once or twice. Um, honestly, so though, well, there's certain you, you people are... that can't keep their eyes open. <laughs> <laughs> honestly, mate, you you'll you 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 will get Watchmen on our list eventually. Mm. Is it not on? Yeah, it's oh, on pre twenty twelve. Oh, did it win? Yeah, it did win. It did win, yeah. didn't it? Yeah, yeah. It did win. It did win. It, it slapped Blade yeah. too, if I remember rightly. It did. Yes, it did for its cinematic mastery for its cinematic mastery but it's it's not winning this time i'm afraid um the scene the fight scene is 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 a very beautifully choreographed fight scene but uh, i mean pure pure lack of knowledge really got me today <laughs> or yeah honestly uh, to, but to be honest mate when when looking at the list prior to the episode um i i, I thought you would struggle with this one the moment i saw so i was a bit I was a bit surprised it was fourth place, to be honest, um, for impact and just, just savagery. Really, it's um, it will stick with you when you when you get round to watching it. Um, well, you're a bit, you'll be a bit more prepared for it now. But uh, upon first viewing, this scene is is not comfortable whatsoever, and that's why it's on number four spot. Wonderful. So number four is going to Baby's Death in Train Spotting. Now next, I uh, I don't think you're debating, are you? I think you're actually you're agreeing. No, this this is one of my favourite parts of the show, and every now and again we get to do it. Um, I'm blessed that I'm first this round, so I get to introduce it. Um, of course, Solo have agreed that number three on our list is Logan's death uh, from the from the film Logan. Um, I should add, I, I don't no, he doesn't he doesn't die again. <laughs> so. Um, the reason I picked this film, um, I think Logan is, uh, to me, personally to me, it's, it's, a, it's a near perfect film. Um, it's, it's what I, I love from my fantasy elements mixed in with a, a Western genre. Um, and it also, it does a great job, a really good job of uh, paying homage to, to everything that's been and to, fi- you know, finishing it off in a, in a nice little very gritty package um 
And then obviously you've got that uh, tear jerking scene at the end when his his ex is his crucifix is turned to an X and it's just it's just a beautiful send off for the franchise in my opinion. I know we've got um, what mutants yet to come and then you know, but to me this is this is the final chapter of of the X Men um, saga as it would be. Not, not Dark Phoenix. No. No, did that happen? <laughs> was that film? Are we, no. are we just forgetting about? It? Are we just skipping over Dark Phoenix? That was yeah. a spin-off, right? <laughs> yeah. The... Oh wait, was it same universe? I, I never saw it. I knew from the get-go. It, after seeing Armageddon, was it Armageddon? No, Apocalypse. Apocalypse. That's it. Same. Yeah, same word. Same meaning, different words. Um. Yeah, no, I didn't. Didn't really want to give him another go, to be honest. But uh, Logan Solo. What what are your thoughts? Yeah, absolute banger. Uh, I mean, it's it's just it's one of those films that you've got to love. Like I think it was. It's, it's in a certain category of films that I think no matter how many times you rewatch it, the emotion will always get you. Just as, and it's only it's only a it's only a rare few films that will always have that effect on you, especially if you watch um, Logan Noir, which is just the black and white cut that they released of it, and it just, something about it just makes it all the more like well gritty, as Rogan said, and just the pain is very concurrent through it. Less is more, and yeah, I think it's just it's it's like I mean that culminates in his death, really. Which is obviously the part that we're specifically talking about, and yeah, just that. I mean, you cry, you cry so much just throughout that film. Never mind at the actual bit where he dies. Oh God, yeah, very Killer. true. Well, for for our fans that may know the X Men lore and stuff, yeah. is is Wolverine not supposed to be immortal or have regenerative what? heal powers? Yeah, there's there's ways there's ways to do him, but it's all. It, I I mean, it's just it's very involved if you wanted to kill him. Ah. More yeah. more effort than it's worth, in my opinion. <laughs> I think in Logan it comes to a point where he just like for so long he bitterly despises himself that it just becomes. He's the reason he dies. Is is was kind of my interpretation of the film that he just hates everything <laughs> um so he's like grinding to yeah. a halt um it just just through sheer emotional pain fair enough but i think that i think the film kind of leads it open to your definition of what why is why has wolverine lost his regenerative or losing his regenerative ability uh, oh, I didn't uh, even mention well, um, sort of. He's just getting old. Is it Weapon X or <coughs> X twenty three? X twenty three. No, the 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 Hugh Jackman version though. Oh yeah, twenty four. Uh, I is think that, is what is they call X, him in that. X twenty four. That when when I first yeah. saw that, that, I was like, that's that's a ge- such a genius move to bring in a younger clone of himself. Yeah. Uh, bit bit of a Terminator move, but. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. Um, oh, yeah. Right. So, number three on the Chinwagger's top five deaths, agreed on by both of you, is Logan. Yeah. 
That's one film I uh, I couldn't fight. Yep. I mean, fighting Uncle Bob was tough enough. Trust <laughs> me. Very true. Very true. Right. So that takes you solo, leading us into number two. What have you got for us? I've got for us one of the most heartbreaking scenes in cinema history, and that is Darth Vader's death and Return of the Jedi. And I think there's there's something really... I guess beautiful in the in the tragedy as it unfolds in that scene, like particularly when they take the mask off of Vader, and underneath it isn't like, it isn't the evil you expected this whole way. It's really it's just, it's an old man like he's scarred through everything he's gone through. Like the suit is keeping him alive, and and yeah, like you just learn to empathize with the person you thought was essentially the main bad guy from like a new hope empire and you and you didn't even realize that he was someone that you were going to learn to love by the end of it and it's this scene that epitomizes that especially when actually something i i I brought it up with uncle bob but not with the comedian i think is really important on a death scene is the final line that is delivered before death like you had, I know now why you cry, but it's something I can never do. The comedian's was, it's all a joke, mother forgive me, which I forgot to say. And then Darth Vader's was just, well, I guess it's predicated with Luke saying, no, I've got to save you. And he's just like, well, do you already have? And just dies in Luke's arms. And you have that tragic moment of Luke crying over him. And the, I think the music really fucking sells that scene. Well, if there's anything Star Wars can do, it's a it's a score, isn't it? <laughs> Trust me. They know how to. I mean, even from the. Um, I mean, you might hate on Phantom Menace as a as a film, but um, if oh, if no, any, no, no, I mean like just the general public, it's probably the most hated on Star Wars film. But you can never take away the um, the score. Attack of the Clones. For the... Really? Skywalker. That's what I say. <laughs> But like the score in Phantom Menace when Darth Maul and uh, Qui Gon and Ju- Obi Wan, Jewel of Fates, Jewel of Fates. There you go. You know, you even know the name. How iconic! Of course, <laughs> it, that that should have been the final film. It was fated from the start. True. Yeah, John Williams, baby. Arguably my favorite piece of music in Star Wars. I don't know about you two. But... No. No, uh, the twin sons in uh, A New Hope. For me, there's three. It's um, the binary sunset, which Rogan just said, uh, the asteroid field from Empire, and Vader's death, which, I mean, from the scene as described. (laughs) As described, yeah. Right. A little little Star Wars knowledge and info for you there, guys. Right, the uh, the most iconic movie villain in in history, Rogan. What what you got? What's sadder than that? What's better than that? What's what? You want to talk about franchises with amazing scores? Um, then you're probably talking about Star Wars versus Lord of the Rings. So it's quite fitting how um, these two come up against each other, especially as I consider the score to be sort of the emotional current throughout the film. Um, <clears throat> it comes to know. Uh, 
no confusion that we we have two of the the, the greatest scored franchises probably <laughs> of, of all time. Um, my scene is Boromir, um, and it's because I absolutely love a warrior's death. Now, Boromir isn't necessarily a good man. He's, you know, arguably a weak man. Uh, but what he is, is a damn warrior. And uh, the way he just takes arrow after arrow, walking in front of certain death, um, to... Um, you know, directly addressing his weaknesses. Um, it's just such a respectful and warrior's death, uh, which deserves the respect of a number two on a top five list. Uh, plus, man, you know, Sheffield born and bred, Sean Bean respect. Oh, yeah, so much love for Sean Bean. So much love for Sean Bean. <clears throat> Weirdly enough, just a quick question. Sean Bean... Sean Bean's death as Ned Stark or Boromir, which is sadder? Well, Boromir, obviously, by a thousand yeah. times. Ask me after the question. Cool. cool. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah. I was going to say, don't mm. worry, Ned Stark's TV series, it's not counting in this list. I, I wouldn't hate on you for it. Yeah. I, was, I was curious. I was curious. No, I still I still go Boromir because, um, I mean, it it's... I, I, well, you said saddest. It's rings for over me, thrones, it's isn't like, it? I'm not that sad with Boromir. I'm more like pumped because I have the respect of seeing a, a, a true warrior die, you know. It's a different uh, thing than, you know. Game of Thrones is probably a sadder death, if you yeah. want to put it that way. Mm. Contextually. Yeah, mm. but we're, we're, we're arguing top five movie deaths, not true. saddest, aren't we? So. Very true, mm. very true. I was just, I was just curious. Uh, they're two very famous Sean Bean deaths. I'm pretty sure there's a lot more he's been in well, a lot, uh, lot in his we've, time. We've got, we've, we've got a, a Bond fan in the room. True. 006, baby. <laughs> fair enough, fair enough. Right, so though, um, are you going to take down the Bean? <laughs> uh, yeah, because conveniently, I had, been, I had beans for lunch and dinner today. <laughs> <laughs> nice, well, your minute started now. Cool. All right. Well, as you pointed out, we have seen Sean Bean die a lot. And something that I thought was interesting was brought up about Arnie's in returning and dying every time. Who has who has came back and died more often than Sean Bean? Like, isn't it really a joke at this point? Like, and even, and Boromir as a character, like you say, all right, it's redeeming, but he does, he, he does snake them out. Like, he does try to kill Frodo for the ring. Like, his whole plan the whole way through was, I'm going to stab everyone in the back and take the ring to Gondor. Which is what Sauron wants, by the way. Like, in case that wasn't apparent. So, is... Did he did he really deserve the love that he got at the death, is my point. Like, mm. someone that was never truly on their side, and you're told to be sad for him. Oh, that's a good argument. Your minutes ended. Well, I told you, beans for lunch and dinner today, and now dessert. <laughs> maybe, yeah, maybe, <laughs> maybe even supper as well. Wait, what, what, what are you saying, Rogan? Are you ready for your minute? Um, I am. Yeah. Oh, <clears throat> whenever you're ready, my friend. Go now. Okay. So straight up, I argue for Boromir and not Sean Bean. And as far as I'm aware, 
Boromir doesn't rise again in one of the other films. Um, and I've I already said it, it's it's not a sad death, it's a respectful death, and it's because he's not a great person yet can still die an honourable death, which is what uh, makes the film stand out for me. Um, he snakes them out. You want to talk about Vader? <laughs> you want to talk about Vader slaying children? Is it snaking nobody out? When they crack open his helmet, man's like an over-soaked potato. You know how underwhelming that is to a child who's watching the biggest villain in the world to be cracked open to be an old man. It's like, and he's already flip-flopped to the light side, so he's already, you know, kind of diminished his whole legacy of being the world's greatest villain. Um, so, yeah, I'd rather go for the, the strong, respectful warrior's death than... Um, Flip-flopping yeah. salt potato. Oh, your time's up. Tell me, Vader's death weren't a warrior's death? <laughs> like, no, because he's, it was a traitor's death, bro. <laughs> I mean, they were both traitor's deaths. Um, exactly. <laughs> Thank you, Sam. They were both no, traitor's deaths. Vader's spanned <laughs> over numerous movies, but I'm glad Boromir didn't, didn't get the chance at a second movie. Um, yeah. Yeah, I wonder if... Uh, I wonder what I'd put as the um, the Star Wars death. Obviously, you've gone Vader. I mean, Han always strikes a, a bit of a chord, but at the same time, I always knew Harrison Ford wasn't making it to episode yeah. eight, you know, so I was expecting I th- it. The emotion still, it still got me with Honda. I mean, may- I mean mm. maybe that's just because it was someone that I was named after getting murdered on screen. So it hit <laughs> well, me a little bit more. <laughs> by his son, so be careful. Bro. Exactly. Yeah, no, the worst part was is that I looked like Adam Driver. So <laughs> yeah, yeah, I see that a bit, yeah. Yeah, especially at the time. Cause, like, when that film came out, I, like, had crazy long hair. Like, like I mean, prior to, the like, the twist of him being Han and Leia's son, one of my friends even said to me at school, like, when we were making jokes about me looking like Han, he was like, oh, no, you look more like Kylo Ren. Like, before that even came out. <laughs> right, I've made my decision now. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Honestly, it was going to go to Darth Vader until the rebuttal round. But as a, as a point, I feel like with Solo's arguments about Sean Bean returning, um, they weren't really relevant to Boromir. Whereas, uh, yeah, I, I, do, I do get the point of Darth Vader being underwhelming. However... I do want to stress that up until the rebuttal round, you, you had it solo. Uh, I, th- I thought your um, your pitch on on last words, score, everything was great. And to be honest, I I, I don't like Boromir. I I, I think he's I, I, I don't like him as a character. I was quite happy to to see him go in the end. To be honest, I think Faramir is the much better. Um, oh, by brother far. of Gondor. Um, I also I think I think. The father, is it Denifor? His love yeah. for Boromir Denifor's still a... to the end made me hate Boromir even more. Like, I really do not like Boromir. <laughs> I thought about mentioning that, but then I thought, like, well, that, that doesn't matter about his death, that his dad was also a dickhead. Is, yeah, his dad is probably the biggest prick in that whole TV, that whole series. And to be honest, just because... Oh, um, definitely. Although I came at you with how... Uh, having Arnold in four other Terminators diminishes it so you could be like mm. the, the, well, yeah, the story I, of Boromir diminishes his Exactly. Death. I brought that as a cross as a cross reference true um, mm. 
I do think, however, Lurtz, the Urukai, um, he is an Urukai, yeah. isn't he, that kills him, is possibly yeah, yeah. one of the scariest uh, Urukai, or, well, just or Orc type. Especially at, de- at a young age, man. Definitely. He's got the white handprint on his face, hasn't he? Um, that's, yeah. that's right. Yeah, and that, that um, is it a crossbow or is it a longbow he, he kills him with? Uh, longbow. It's a longbow. Yeah, could you, well, imagine just taking taking three of them. So like Boromir's winning it for for different reasons. He he, he takes he takes a couple mm. takes a fair few arrows. Um, I was happy to see him die, and um, yeah, Darth Vader's a potato. Um, <laughs> happy to see him die. I was, I was very happy to see. So no, there was there was a there was just a delay on that before it hit me there. <laughs> I just, you know, like the, the story doesn't go further if Boromir survives. You know, he's gonna he's gonna get yeah. corrupted by that ring again, and who goes next time? Sure. It could be at Shlob's lair, and he just dashes Frodo to a spider. You know yeah. what I mean? Yeah. So he he will he will lame Frodo pretty easy. I will I will say though, now that the dust has settled, Bor I do think Boromir redeemed his character because he survived. Like no one can stand the trial of the ring in that friend like faramir but nearly succumbs to it himself i mean it is his downfall but i mean in the end only only sam is uh immune isn't he yeah mm. he has and the best resilience there, i think there might be an argument for gandalf as well because he's carried it throughout many years no he never he's never carried it though did he not like deliver it to no bilbo found Does it he... Oh no! Yeah, it went straight from billboard to Frodo. My bad. Yeah, like if if like another person touches it, like the powers. Like you remember that she scene where like Galadriel goes crazy because she's like, yeah, if I were to accept the ring, I would t- I would myself turn into the Dark Lord and kill everyone. So that's why no one else touches it. Yeah, that's why that scene scared me as a kid. You know, yeah, when she starts going all weird and that. Mm. <laughs> yeah, she's yeah, she's don't fuck with Galadriel. Trust, but um, no, Boromir's getting it. Um, mm. Unfortunately, uh, well, fortunately as well. Um, but no, I, I would. Uh, I I did think you had it up until then, Solo. Um, but no, that was that was good. Good oh. points from Rogan. Um, Them's the breaks, as we say. They are. That's that's what that's what can really really turn this. Um, it can really. It can really put it down, right? Um, any honourable mentions, either of you? Um, I've I've been thinking the whole show, and I'd like to shout out the uh, the cliched fall into my death death, because we don't have any in the list. Uh, and you know, you've got your <laughs> Mufasa, um, your Koba from Dawn of the Planet of the Apes, Hans Gruber. There are so many like signature deaths where the villain just falls. Uh, and I just thought it'd be fun to shout that out. Go fall into your death cliches. Shout out to the Wilhelm scream as well. <laughs> oh yeah, absolutely. <laughs> How about you, Solo? Uh, oh, um, yeah. My my on, the only honourable mention I brought was because um, well was Sirius Black in Order of the Phoenix because the to be honest the reason it didn't make the list was although I love it as a scene because I love Sirius and I think, I mean, plus it's just brilliantly done, is I don't think there was enough qualitative points to place it on the list that could, like, could be argumented with. Mm. But, like, on terms of personal passion, I would have put it on the list. 
Oh, yeah, Me and I mean, Sam were talking about this before, weren't we, Sam, earlier today? And I was saying yeah. that uh, maybe the Weasley brother, is it Fred? Who who gets like Fred, yeah. Fred, yeah. Mm. That that was the one that struck me, even though I, I'd read the books and I knew it was going to happen. It, well, from reading the books, that was the one that struck me the hardest. Because I was like, there can't be one. <laughs> like, yeah, there isn't one of them. <laughs> the two is the one. Yeah. <laughs> like, <laughs> definitely, definitely. Um my my honourable mention's got to be probably the easily the for me the most devastating on on screen death and you, you don't even see it. It's uh, Bridge to Terabithia. It's the death of Leslie. Um, it hit. It just comes out of nowhere. Um, it is. It's it's two children, child best friends. You know they've created this world. They're loners together. No one else likes them. She's his only friend in the world and. You know, it's not even at the end of the film. You know, there's still a good 20 minutes, half an hour after her death. And you're just left with, like, hang on, wait, what? Like, it's just so out of nowhere. I remember, like, bawling my eyes out in the cinema. I think it's the first time I cried at a film. Um, and, yeah, that that would have to be my honourable mention. If anyone ever sees that... Anyone I've ever spoke to who's seen that film, just, yeah... They, they, the the first thing if you ever say bridge to terabithia it's just this look this look that you both share and it's like oh my god how bad was that scene <laughs> but yeah no honor honorable mention there not not a very highly rated movie cool. uh, unfortunately but uh it, it meant a lot to me um but yeah no with that um concluding our honorable mentions uh I, f- I forgot to what order we're at uh who's leading us into it's the me. finale so it's my honor to lead out this final final number on our list um i've gone with our from the film never ending story um just a quick summary of the film for those that haven't seen it it's told by a little boy who's reading a book a, a book that contains, believe it or not, a never-ending story. A story that never ends, and whatever point he jumps into it is what the point the story is in this sort of parallel fantasy universe. Um, and it follows uh, this young boy, Atreyu, and his horse, Artax, as they go on a, 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 this this mystical journey. Um, now, they get to a swamp, and the story tells us that the sadness has taken over the swamp. The sadness is what's taking over the village. Um, it's like a plague. Um, and the sadness pulls the horse, the horse through. Now, I think it's very telling of me that uh, in my list I have two animals, I have a baby <laughs> and a mutant. <laughs> um, but I, I find this, this death particularly um, shocking because this is a child's film, so I watched it as a kid. Um, the horse is definitely a character. You have the young boy reading the story and then you have the, the young boy in the film and his trusty horse the, the thing that's going to get him from a to b he's so dependent on that horse he may be um, a young warrior but he's only a child so for you as a child to actually physically see death a horse sinking into the ground whilst another child is screaming its name it's like it, it takes it takes a while to get over something like that uh, and when we were thinking of top five deaths that was the one that's like yeah, that that one really affected me. That that one shook me to my core. Um, so yeah, um, I go out tax. Fair enough. Um, okay. I had, interesting. Before we go into solos, I hadn't seen either of their top pick deaths, so I have watched both of them um, without any without seeing the rest of the film. 
So, um, yeah, yeah that, that that one was very devastating. I imagine that I felt, I mean, it devastated me, and I don't, I didn't even see the film. I've literally only ever seen that scene. Um, so, <laughs> it's a, it's definitely a worthy option for top pick. Um, Solo, what's what's beating a horse drowning? Uh, well, the only thing that can beat a drowning horse is a radioactive alien, and that is Spock in The Wrath of Khan when he sacrifices himself to save the Enterprise. And I think what what really brings weight to this scene is the fact that in Spock's mind, it's it's well. I guess he he always likes to put on a front that it's not an emotional choice. That it's always down to numbers with him. But there are always moments where, especially because Spock is a character that, not only within his franchise but within like fandom at large and just like the world at large, everyone knows Spock and everyone knows like live long and prosper is the line from Star Trek, which is his line, and. So it's like, it's probably the most, especially in the film narrative, the film narrative is very much Spock's story as opposed to Kirk, which was the TV series. So in many ways, it's the death of the protagonist in the second film. And it's by just complete tragedy of giving his life to save the ship. And it's... you. I mean, you can't help. It's one. Of, it's one of the deaths the same as Vader that, and, well, and Logan as well, because that's on. The, I'm just shout out to the ones that made the list. Well, except well, Vader didn't. He didn't make the. Anyways, um, yeah. So it's it's one of the ones that always gets me and makes me cry because I think it's just you empathize not only with Spock in the scenario but also with Kirk on the other side and how he's too late to save his friend. But the friend has given his life willingly, knowing that, like, it's the, the sacrifice knowing that your friends will live on. I think it's, it's, it's a tragedy. <laughs> it, it really yeah, I, I, I don't know. I've, I'm going around in circles, so I think no, I'll just cut yeah, myself. There is, um, there's similar themes here, I think. I think with just from watching both those scenes and no context with mm. the rest of the film, you've got a boy struggling to to pull his horse from from effectively quicksand but sludge really um but that is brutal and then with star trek you've got two sides of the glass you know spock doing his thing and like the whole team kind of watching helplessly but knowing that he's he's got to do what well he has to really otherwise they all go so (laughs) exactly yeah i i think it's it the scenes are similar in the kinds of deaths that that are in them. I think because it's as much as a, is it a tra- Atreus, right? Um, is the boy's from memory, name? memory, it was pronounced Atreyu. But it, it... Oh, Atreyu. Sorry. Yeah, but, but like Atreyu is powerless to save Artax and can only watch him die. Much in the same way that Kirk, is... McCoy, yeah. Scotty, and the Enterprise crew just have to watch someone that both like both people on the other side love each other and you just have to watch someone who love die and i think it's very very powerful and very tragic definitely definitely um 
you going to live long and prosper? Or are you going to be able to hate on that? Rogan? Um, I don't know. We'll see. We'll see how I go. Um, mm. are, are you ready to? I am ready to. Give it a go. Your minute so long, now. confused, mate. Because you're telling me that Spock dies. But, like, I, I swear I've seen Spock since. Like, I swear Leonard Nimoy was, was Spock in 2009. Like, so it's... it's like, I, I, I don't know. I've not seen the films, you know this. So I don't know if Spock comes back, how Spock comes back or what. But, like, does Spock die or doesn't he die? Because if he doesn't die, then he, quite simply, he doesn't die, mate. Um, whereas Artax um, is a devastating death that shakes you to a core as a child. Um, whereas um, with, with Spock, it seems like quite a fairly cliched sci-fi death. Um, that I don't think actually kills Spock because I swear I've seen Man since. Um, whereas Artex, you have to say goodbye to a dear friend at a young age, and it's devastating. Time's up. Cool. Jesus. Um, Are you good, so like? Yeah, I. You need a second. Yeah, yeah. I'm. I'm good. For, I'm good for it. You're good for it. Well, go ahead, my friend. Okay, well, speaking of people dying or not dying, how the book and the never-ending story works is that wherever you pick it up is where that world is currently intact. So you start from page one again. Oh, the horse is alive. Every time someone reads that story, oh, the horse is alive. Oh, it died. Oh, we'll give it to someone else. Oh, the horse is alive. That's how it works. It's the story is never-ending insofar as it's a loop. So contextually, all right, Spock comes back. So does the horse if you pick it up again. Secondly, there's a lot more emotional connection watching someone that many that can reflect onto you on a more personal level insofar as it's, it's a character that expresses its emotions onto you a lot better than a horse which can't express its emotions. And, and I've seen that film, The NeverEnding Story, and I did rewatch it well the scene at least semi-recently and your you're not too shook up, up on it from the horse's point of view oh. but a tray is your time's up however cool I've... right <laughs> I don't what? think we've done this before but I've, I've been I've been point scoring um, I felt like going into the rebuttals um, you both were on a par um, after watching both both deaths, the the horse one definitely made me feel sadder. Probably because it's it's more of a, you know, there's, there's, they're pretty helpless. That there isn't much like, well, I'm not too sure. To me, watching it, because I, I don't really know the context, it it just seems like the horse is drowning and it's just tragic. The boy really emphasizes the sadness of that scene and his desperation to pull him out. However. The Spock's death isn't necessarily sad in the same way because it's more of a, a hero's death, you know. It, he's doing that sacrifice. He's uh, thing in. So I went on to the rebuttals and I I started point scoring. And when I felt like either of you made a a valid argument or thingy, I I thingied it. And the result here is free free. So I'm gonna suggest that oh. you both get. 30 seconds to go back on the comments that were just said to you uh, and if you can remember can you remember I don't I f the trouble is I feel like that 
I feel like we'll okay, land yeah, on yeah. the true yeah yeah like we'll land in the same scenario okay okay yeah. okay right so all right i'm going to ask you both a question i'm going to ask you both a question right so rogan is is because i don't know the law of never-ending story is that the concept so if if picking up the book and that is the horse going to be alive again from the start um that's completely new to me i've seen all three films and every time someone picks up the book they pick up live the the, the live representation of that universe i've never known anybody to go back and read so i don't know if that's a thing or not um i okay like i i it's all do you know a tyrant and never ending story they've gone back a page no i've only ever i've only ever watched the first one but however as it is a book and it is i guess it's just on the concept it's never defined either it way it shows the pages of the, f- the, the, the like like a, a cgi kind of thing of the words landing on the page sort of thing being read as he's been literally printed as he's reading them so i just always thought that 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 was your page regardless of which page you opened it up at i i don't well i guess i okay. i the i guess the only argument that i've that i predicated that on is just within the cons it was just, well i guess it was just within the the moment of where it, the like physical inter- physics of the world <laughs> yeah it was just that it intersect because they are that what is the intersect point? It's, oh, yeah, I guess it's just towards the end where... What is the prince... Fuck, I've forgotten what the princesses... Not, sorry, not princesses as in plural, but princess says. Uh, fuck. Anyway, but it was when I, when I watched it, it was something in her line. She was like, it's... I mean, I can't remember what she said, but I, I think, I guess it was just I'm basing it off of a memory. Okay. Right now, so my question to you is: Explain, having not seen any of Star Trek, um, explain the spot comeback. Is this a separate universe? Is this a prequel to what? Oh well, basically, uh, well, basically, what happens is, um, it's just it's like one of those, it's like a sci-fi resurrection thing. So, like it, so Spock dies, and they shoot his body out into space. Um, but his he like there's a copy of his memories in someone else's mind and so they they bring like a a they basically a new body is created by just like by the i mean it's it, do you want like the full nerd explanation because i'm trying to summarize and it's not working see this i i feel like i feel like you <laughs> might need to explain a bit um yeah, I've just struggled. Okay, well, all right. Well, I'll, I'll just explain in full because there's no other way to do it. All right. So basically, they send Spock's body out into space because he's dead, but where they send it is towards a new planet called Genesis, and because it's it because it's in its early stage of life, it reacts and it regrows the dead body, but there's no mind within the body. Okay. So where are they getting and their contrast? There's the because there's this thing in Star Trek called a mind meld, and what and in Spock's Vulcan culture, it's like when they die, they pass their memories on to someone to bring back to Vulcan, where the memories are just like it's like there's just like a library of knowledge that exists of the minds of people, but because the body was back, and they still had the mind tangible, they go to rescue where the body is and are able to combine the mind and body okay okay like 
I mean, like th- that was why I was struggling. I was struggling so hard to say it in shorthand because I was yeah. like, "There's not." No, I think you did a pretty, a pretty good. Uh, you did that in less than a minute, mate. So um, no. you, you didn't. I think that was pretty quick. Um, Rogan, does this horse ever come back? No. All right, gone is mate. Um, so this has got it. And based on that fact alone, I'd, I'm really sorry, Solo, but I'm gonna have to give it to the horse. Um, yeah. I felt like I lost that on the facts when it was just off of my memories. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, it was, it was equal. And you know what? The arguments were, were great. But um, with with the rebuttal and like, because one of the points that got you into that final face-off was the, the, the idea that you could pick the book up and start again. And if that's if that's not within the, within the law... Um, it, it if there are any never-ending story nerds that are listening to this and you could let us know whether you can do that i'd be really intrigued to know um if you could mm. just write in the comments or or whatever I'd really equally appreciate that. yeah um yeah. very sorry so although i w- um, although i will just point out i s- what, oh what okay add? no sorry i thought you were going to continue uh well i was just going to say that spock's death is still better <laughs> yeah uh, honestly i think you know what i will say this Spock's death has more point to it I think within the context of, of a plot it seems like the horse's death is just brutal just to be brutal to the child um, however it is <laughs> it is, is a real death value to it. it is a real death um, and well does the, does the I'm guessing the child's character develop at, at what point does the horse die halfway towards the end no, I'd say towards the end of the first act. Okay, uh, like is, a third, I'd give is it. Is the uh, the child a recurring character through the next few films? Only the first one. The child reading story is the re- recurring character. Ah, but the character he takes in the story changes. Yeah, I mean it gets a bit booky because by the third one, like the, I think the kid reading the story is actually in it. Um, so like he's a character in this world at that point uh, i'm starting to remember to... why i didn't see the sequels <laughs> yeah i mean the the first one is the one that i'd say you really should watch and the other two um uh, i wouldn't although the third one does have a jack black a young jack black as a bully and that's just <laughs> great to watch. all right I, I might search up that scene but leave the rest of the film to its own <laughs> Yeah, but what the first one I genuinely think you like. So, uh, Sam, sorry. Um, it, it you know it's this fantasy adventure sort of young adult kind of booky, uh, really creative. I recommend it, mate. Yeah, and uh, yeah. So, would you solo? Would you recommend the film? I'm not gonna lie. I don't rate it too highly. You don't rate it. It's all okay. right. I mean, like that. Like that was I like re- when I said I was like, oh yeah, I rewatched it. and It still didn't do it for me. Like. Okay. I even having seen That's the fair. film, it just is. I mean, it's just a horse, isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> I see. Uh, you know, that's coming from a vegan. Oh, from a vegan. That's brutal. Oh, just a horse. Just another sentient being. Another living creature. Bro, I don't. I don't cry, and humans are dying around the world all the time. But you like, do when aliens are. are. You... Like we didn't pick. Humans. Yeah, of course. I love Spock. <laughs> <laughs> I picked Boromir, and you picked the comedian. And then, other than that, the strong argues to suggest that that there are no other humans on this list. Vader, there's an argument. 
too. But other than that, like, I don't think either of us like humans too much, mate. I mean, humans are from Earth. Vader's from Tatooine. Uh, no, is it Tatooine? Is he from Tatooine? Yeah, yeah, he's from. Yeah, he is from yeah. Tatooine. Yeah, yeah. Well, that's our um, that's our conclusive list. So in yeah, do you want to run us through, yeah. Sam? I do, I do. So in fifth place, we've got Terminator, Uncle Bob. T two. T two. T two. Yeah, sorry, Terminator two, Terminator two. And in fourth place, we've got the baby death. Um, possibly, probably the most disturbing death on our list. Um. I would say more. I don't know actually. I don't know no, if it's the scenes yeah, after I mean, that make that see, that death a lot more sinister. But like I don't know, the the crawling across the ceiling defo doesn't <laughs> doesn't help with that. Yeah, the di- I think the difference is it's for a different audience. The baby is definitely for an adult audience, whereas the horse is, is for a child audience. Definitely. Uh, three. We uh, we had a mutual agreement on Logan. Mm. Um, yeah. Um, Absolute yeah. banger. I don't know what to say about that. Uh, two, just because it was, he was a massive bellend, and I was happy to see him die. Uh, we've got Boromir, <laughs> um, just beating Darth Vader, and number one, we've got Artax, the horse from Neverending Story. Um, In hindsight, I'd have liked to have matched Boromir up with Spock's death. I think that that would have been quite a nicely weighted, you know, the warrior's death you know, versus I, yeah, I feel I sci-fi mean, warrior's it would have death. Been, you know I think it would have been deserved. It would have been deserved if Boromir got number one. I I I think if this list was switch, I I I could have seen Spock beating Boromir, because um, realistically they're doing the same. That well, I mean it's both a hero's death, but like Spock never had to do it in the first place because he wasn't a Belen and. Boromir, you know, he kind of kind of had to. Um, Wait, I, I, nobody said Spock wasn't a bellend. Well, I mean, I, I don't know. I don't know because I've seen Lord of the Rings. I mean, he I isn't. Seen Star Trek. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. Yeah, that you might have to fight. Spock is the most one. reliable guy in the galaxy. He is, yeah, but like, <laughs> man will speak down on you. Yeah, but he didn't try and kill any any of his friends, did he? <laughs> hey, I, I don't think I'm. I'm not saying Boromir is a sound guy. I'm just saying it's a. <laughs> Good, respectful death. True. It's like the Hermione beef. Like, thank God they know it all, or everyone else is fucked. Yeah. True. Is he? Yeah. Is he one of them that's annoyingly smart? Oh, absolutely. But no, because he well, he plays it <laughs> he plays it comedic. So like it's like he he it's the it's the thing where it's like he pretends to have no emotions, but he's like the sassiest fucking cunt in the whole galaxy. Like he's like you know he just caught, he's one of those guys where he always plays like his knowledge to like to have a jibe at someone. Yeah. Yeah, what's interesting here? Like you're right, Rogan. Like no animal death solo. Does that just not affect you as much? I'm, well, I I think he's, he's me, only a vegan for the controversy of it. <laughs> I can't empathize. Like if we're talking as a death scene. I connect with it more if I'm watching like s- someone that I can see myself as, if you know what I mean. Like I can't see myself as a horse. True. Like, like whereas I can see myself in Spock's shoes or like Vader's shoes, the comedian's shoes. Unlikely those scenarios might be. 
I mean, you never know. You never know. (laughs) Death is, unless it's painful death, but death is only painful by the ones that are left behind. Um, And, Mm. you know, when animals die, it's painful, man. You know, so that's mine. I'm not like saying, um, oh, I feel for that animal dying, but I feel for that human who's now, you know, grieving because he's literally Mm. his, his best friend has died. But yeah. Yeah, well, that's our that's our top five list. Um, thank you all for listening. Uh, I'm sure there will be some somewhat of controversy over these, especially to all the Star Trek fans. Um, yeah. Oh, absolutely. The list is full of controversy. All the, all the equine fans of the. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, but that's that's what we're here for, isn't it? We're we're here to to stir stir the pot, and you've you've managed to like create an alliance of hate with star trek and star wars fans like directed towards <laughs> oh yeah I'm, oh that, yeah. that's me man i'm here to trigger i'm here to trigger. specifically yeah specifically at the two of you <laughs> you know what i'm just placing things above i'm just gonna wind up sci-fi sci-fi fans because like then then you know i mean they've got you for sci-fi oh. i need to i need to be that uh yeah. that that jackal to your height like <laughs> you know Mine's just gonna hate on sci-fi. Well, that, this is the thing. I'm, obviously, uh, sci-fi is probably, as as you both know, it's not that I don't like the genre, but it's definitely my least watched genre. And it's whereas it, mine might be horror. So <laughs> very. Exactly, true. I was about to say, like coincidentally, like I mean, we had this with the paranormal ones, but like I I couldn't even find five horror films <laughs> to, like, to make a list. Yeah, I mean, I had to cook like, for a list of twenty. I picked like. <laughs> Yeah, one of them I picked a fake. Like I didn't even pick a real ghost for it. <laughs> that was how bad I was. Oh doing. yeah, the hound. <laughs> yeah, true, true. Well, when you never know if we get a special guest on, there might be someone who uh, can can argue the horror. I will um, say it. Um, just reflecting on the episode, it hurt me to diss Vader like that. But I do remember as a kid. My first reaction to Vader's face was so devastatingly disappointed. I was expecting a monster. Yeah. Obviously, as I grew older, uh, I started to understand the significance of always just a man. Um, But as a, you know, as a as a kid, um, yeah, I was I was kind of devastated. I don't know. For me, it was for me. It's like his his actual face didn't bother me but it was like how he was all scarred up i was like whoa like who the hell is this like that kind of blew my mind when i was a kid that was like oh man like there's all of the there's all of this other stuff i don't even know about yeah you know what actually to be fair i remember watching as the first time i watched star wars i i was i was very scared of vader um mm. just because obviously his presence and whatnot but i remember actually being scared of the um Jabba. of the of the burn, you know the burn. Well, yeah, when he takes his mask off, yeah. you know, because it's just like I don't, I don't know what I was expecting. I thought, I think I was just expecting just a human and a and a mask, you know, and just for him to be so deformed and whatnot and everything like that. Cause I thought, you know, I thought Palpatine was the ugly one, and then <laughs> and then you've just got Vader, and it's just like, oh, oh, but yeah, tragedy tragedy well thank you all for listening mm. i'm sam and yeah, i'm rogan oh sorry <laughs> you, you <do laughs> yeah. no i'm rogan <laughs> i'm spartacus 
I'd just like to ask you all a favour. Um, you know, we're all locked up inside. Uh, just do me a favour. Try not to become psychopaths. You know, because when society gets open and that, I don't want schools being shot up by some fucking crazy psychopath. So just try, try to keep you cool. Look after yourself. Bit of self-love, you know. Just try to keep yourself level because I am a bit a bit nervous about a rising psychopaths. Oh, it's definitely it's definitely somewhere, <laughs> mate. It's definitely somewhere. Thank you all for listening.